Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Chill. Oh, yeah, this Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you're rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And, and we're the, the Connected, connected experience. experience. Hey, bro, what's the Connected Experience? The Connected Experience, man, is the lifestyle, a lifestyle, our, our lifestyle. lifestyle is where we bring people together who we think dope, who you should know, or we connect two people who we think We're going to stop saying that. We don't connect yeah, we two don't people. Connect you two. know what I'm saying? It's that's what we used to want to do. <laughs> yeah, that's what we used to want to do. Yeah. So some of the older episodes, you might get two people, and then See, sometimes people. two people might slide through, man. So how you been? I can't complain. What about yourself? I've been tight, man. Your hair really growing, man. You yeah. looking real West Coast, yeah. dog. And yeah. you get your beard growing good, man. Yeah. You living I, good. Ain't no, no hating shit. I can yeah. tell. Like when you when you looking good, you living good. No yeah. hating. You know what I'm saying? Not as if I was hate before. It's no, just not that, just. Okay. You, okay. you still with the. You gotta. Yeah, because niggas be hating and on this podcast shit, man. Hey, I'm gonna tell a nigga like this, bro. You should want to come fuck with us instead of hate on us because we could take your business to the next level. Because some niggas don't be on top of their business, and if yeah. you want to go to war with a nigga, you fuck with him on a business level yeah, we ain't gotta yeah. get, catch you slipping in the streets yeah, yeah. ain't in no streets yeah i'm not, I'm not <laughs> you know going home after this vacuum you feel what i'm saying know, cut the grass though yeah no nah, somebody cut my shit nigga i do it both ways if i don't feel like cutting that shit i call unk come cut my shit line my shit up clean from behind the garage all that good shit nigga. Yeah, yeah, options yeah. nigga so shit what you got what you got man i got a word man it's consistent man it's constantly adhering to the same principles course or form uh, holding firmly together, cohering. Uh, what you got? I got my word is heritage, and that's uh, property that is or may be inherited and inheritance, value, objects, or qualities uh, such as cultural traditions that's passed down. So, why is consistent your word, and why is heritage my word? Man, because we got a return guest, man. We got our guy in the building, Ty Mopkins, and he's been consistent when keeping the fashion in Detroit heritage intact. So, man, Ty, go ahead and introduce oh, it's yourself. It's not really just Detroit, though, bro. It's the world. Yeah, it's the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't shortchange my dog. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the world, man. I be seeing niggas, man, you know. All over. All over the fucking all globe over, and shit, man. you know, international. So what's up, man? What you been up to? Introduce yourself, folks. What up, though? Tom Hopkins. How y'all feeling? Yeah, you know, yeah. we good. You a so, return guest, man. I think you might be the first return guest. Oh, man. Was, He's was, definitely not the first return guest. Cool. Dean, I've been on the show 80 well, times. No, Dean wasn't. <laughs> oh, but he wasn't an original yeah, guest. Original okay. guest yeah. Well, I'm trying to three-peat. So after this, I'm a three-peat. I'm going to come back. <laughs> yeah. And That's that pistol four, shit. Five yeah. And all that stuff. No, but uh, the way y'all open up the show. Like I say, y'all got to change up. That's funny how we was talking earlier about how you got to call Shane Park the Aretha. See how yeah, it flows right, off yeah, the tongue, how yeah. you got to change it up. So, man, just glad to be here, man. You know, you my brothers, man. You can call me 10 minutes before and I'm here. Yeah, right, right. And that's, 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 that's founded, man. That's earned, actually. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, earned. You yeah. know what I'm hey, you remember when... Y'all jumped out, nigga. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say. I was just about to say. You know, because AJ jawed somebody oh, for yeah, me. Somebody yeah, he jumped me. that nigga. Yeah, we ain't jumped that nigga. I seen a nigga try to swing on my dog he like he's supposed it. to do. Knock that nigga out. Stumped him out. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. You can thank Kanye for that one because that nigga was standing in line for some Yeezys. Uh, hey, that shit. Everybody thought we was believe lying, that. Dog. We just couldn't believe that shit happened. Yeah, like, everybody huh? thought we was lying when I called uh, his wife. I said, "Hey, yeah. uh, you got to bring some more glasses." Like she. Just did not want to believe. <laughs> I believed as soon as you called me and she told like, me because that's how. Nah, I did, nah what the fuck? You know, and I'm like, yeah, no, that was. It was funny because the guy was talking shit the whole time, right? Yeah, and it was just like to the point. I guess he just 
He, he just felt the opportunity and he snuck me. And as soon as he snuck me, AJ was right there. Boom. Yeah. On him. And then by that time, we drug him. We drug him into the uh, middle of the store. We just started Stuffing stomping him. him and, dog, you know what it looked like? Like, don't be a menace. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. no, no. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, no, it looked like poetic justice. When Tone yeah. Loke and Tupac was oh, stomping yeah, out yeah. that guy, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it was looking out to with that. And that relationship was actually built just because I remember when I met Ty, he was coming in the store. I was working in the shoe store. And it was always something about him when he was coming in that, like, the owner would go talk to him, like, like oh, I got him, I got him so i'm like dog must be spending why you hating on my motherfucking uh, commission, <laughs> commission. Right. but over the years we just got tight but let's talk about growing up but i survived sj because sj got a lot of people fired <laughs> i got a lot of people fired. sj got a lot of people fired Ty, you I, came here two I weeks later say, i was go i just want to say no when i was no. there <laughs> no if i got SJ niggas went fired, through at least eight people because like, they couldn't touch me like yep, let's be honest yep, they couldn't fuck with it. me on it the sales yeah like niggas just couldn't and they thought i knew shoes because aj knew shoes and i just walked up in that bitch like i know adidas and chucks but yeah. when i walked up out of that bitch i still just know adidas and chucks but i can sell a nigga whatever you want to buy yeah, you got eight bodies under this belt yeah, yeah. hey 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 <laughs> but, that, but that's really because the nigga who was hiring just was terrible at hire. The first day I got hired, he hired like a pregnant chick. And it's like she ain't about to be climbing up these ladders and shit, man. That was like 10 years ago, man. And that's crazy because yeah. I'm done with this shit. By the time this episode come out, I'll be done with that shit. Uh, oh, so you really retired. retired? Yeah, yeah I'll be yeah, retired. It's like bittersweet, man, because it's like, damn, like. We met a lot of people through that journey. A lot yeah. of people, man. And it yeah. was dope, but shit, it's over, man. Everything come to an end. I'm not quitting. I know it's my time to stop. And move on to something else. That's an episode reference. But let's talk about growing up. Because last time you was actually here, right. we was here with other people. And the conversation right. was based on designers and all that. Right. That's like one of the first couple episodes. So if you want to go back and hear the first episode that Ty Mopkins was on, that's like one of the very first episodes. And we, you was actually one of the few people we told we was about to do the podcast. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? But we want to get into how you became anti-national you know what i'm saying so take us back to growing up because well, you from roseline right yeah twelve thousand block of roseline on detroit's west side that's over there by grand river oakman uh livinois area dexter davis and all that area very ybi influence and yeah you know when i came up man it's like you know we we all struggled so it wasn't like somebody's family was a working class family or you know everybody in that whole Four or five block radius from Green Line, Rose Line, North Line, Clover Line, all that stuff. So we all uh, came up from humble beginnings, man. And we didn't know we were struggling because, I mean, it's the same cliche you hear all the time because everybody was going through the same thing. Like right, everybody's right. parents was getting focus over. Everybody's parents was getting food stamps. Everybody, shit, at least every month, two or three people on the block, lights was getting cut off. Yeah, right, Water right. was getting cut off. You don't even know you poor because that's what's it, going on around it. You don't know you poor until you... Meet Look a rich motherfucker. Yeah, meet somebody. Yeah, because exactly. everybody go to school together. So this yeah. is niggas is sharing shirts and clothes yep. with each other. And that's yep. how you build. That'd be real family shit, though. Like, because oh, yeah. I tell people all the time, I never missed no meal. I wasn't poor like right. that. You right. know what I'm right. saying? Right. Like, we ate it. It, it wasn't ate. what. It, it, right, but we never missed no what meal. You wanted, but you, you ate. Yeah. And then you hear niggas talk about, like, oh, I was starving. I'm like, damn, like, it's always somebody worse and it's always somebody oh, yeah. better. And I just tell people the highs ain't that high and the lows ain't that low. That's mm-hmm. just how I rock. So you got you don't got any siblings. You got any siblings? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a younger sister. Her name Latoya. So she's 35. So it, it's about a 12, 13 year old age gap within there. So I kind of like, inherit her being like almost like my daughter because at the time you know i was the only person there that was really doing something yeah 
So I took underneath my wing, you know, and just and just raised her. Like people actually thought at one point that was my daughter because she was with me everywhere I went. Yeah. So you know and things like that. So I, after that, you know, I went to the uh, Great Detroit Southwestern High School. Yeah. Now, now, how did you end up at Southwestern? Now that's a funny story. So, <laughs> see, so, I don't know if people know this, so nah, this nah, might be was, exclusive. No, no, no. I mean, you know, yeah. So, just the world listening, though. Just the world listening. Well, okay. So, yeah. so I was going to Tappan Middle School. So we had this. This 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 renowned marching band. So I, I was one of the drum captains in the marching band. Yeah. And Tappan Feeder School was either Murray Wright or McKenzie. Right. So McKenzie was like three blocks away from where I grew up at. So I really wanted to go to McKenzie to be in a band because everybody that went to McKenzie either went to Southern, yeah, Alabama A and M, Jackson it, it, State, it was the or Tennessee State. That's what it was for like the black band. So right. I was like, you know. And then uh, when I was in eighth grade, I had the guy from Southern University come here. It was like, yeah, when you go to McKenzie, you know, we're going to get you tight. Just go there and learn. Learn from 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 Mr. Bobby Brown, Dr. Bobby Brown. Yeah. And he's going to teach you everything. So you're going to get a full ride for Southern. Right, right. So then my mother and father was sitting down. They was like, well, he ain't really going to McKenzie because all of his friends go in there. And I know once he go there, he's going to be skipping because I barely made it through middle school. Yeah. Right. And so they like, listen. We know what you're going to do. You're going to get with these right. kids. You're going to do this. You're going to do the same shit you was doing at Tapping. So let's just ice you out. We're going to send you somewhere that... You don't know nobody. That I don't know nobody. So my mom's best friend at that time, at that time, it wasn't open enrollment. Yeah. You had to live in a district yeah. to go to school there. So one of my mom's best friends, she lived in Southwest Detroit. So we used her address and I ended up going to Southwestern. Yeah. So that right there was... At least an hour and a half commute because I had to catch two <laughs> buses. So here I am getting up 4.30 in the morning to try to catch a 6.45 Grand River to Livernois bus or Plymouth to Livernois bus and then walk about a half mile down to Southwestern. So, you Oh, know, you had to be pissed off when with the school you I really want to like, go to is exactly. three blocks away. Because they didn't pull this shit on me until like three weeks before school. So all summer long, I'm practicing with McKenzie's band. So oh. I'm all that. But my mom, I didn't know my mom didn't register me there. Yeah. So I'm going there, the band director about to give me my uniform and all that. And they was like, well, okay, everybody bring your transcripts, bring everything, you know, up to the school tomorrow so I can exchange all that and give you a band uniform. So I was like, hey, I need that paperwork. She was like, oh, no, you're going to Southwest. I said, what? <laughs> I, Talk about a shocker. I never knew. Like, I, I heard of Southwestern because of their great basketball program. Yeah. Right. But I never knew where Southwestern was at. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is Southwestern at? So then my mom, you know, we didn't have a car, so she had to teach me how to catch the bus. So to go she there. actually took you on, like, this the route oh, you're yeah, going to take. Oh, yeah, this the route you're going to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She took me there. You know, we, we went on a Sunday. And then back in those days, you know, you, you just get the little printout schedules of what time the bus run, this yeah. and that. And uh, my first day there, man, I got into it, man, because <laughs> I didn't want to be there. And yeah. by this time, once a school is, is, is filled to capacity, there's nothing they can do. So. Yeah. McKenzie was already overcrowded anyway. Murray Wright was already overcrowded. And the next school other than that was Northwestern. Yeah. I really wasn't going to Northwestern because they didn't have anything there that incited me neither as far as like band or whatever, yeah, right. football, yeah. whatever. So, you know, my first six months at Southwestern, man, I probably got into like three or four fights, yeah. you know, fighting Mexicans because yeah. but they, they, thought they, you too, was they thought I was Mexican. So <laughs> yeah, the thing yeah. was, when I got there, nobody knew what I was. Nobody yeah. knew what I was. They didn't know if I was Arabic, black, white, Hispanic, yeah. uh, whatever. Yeah. They didn't know what I was. That so guy. Yeah. And it ain't like you could tell by your last name or nothing. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. So that's why I found it weird that when I got my schedule, 
half of my classes was bilingual. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting up in there. I'm like, why the fuck do I got all these Spanish classes? Why do I got? And, you know, I'm sitting up there with all these, you know, nothing against it. And I'm sitting here with all these fucking Mexicans and the teacher speaking Spanish. And I'm like, wait, hold and on. And they think you get it. They think I'm understanding. I'm like, I'm looking. I'm like, okay, so where the translation to this shit at? Yeah. It was like, you don't speak Spanish? No. Yeah. Right. I'm like, where the fuck are y'all getting this shit from where I'm bilingual? So yeah. the whole ninth grade year was like a wash. Yeah. You know, I barely barely got the credits because I really didn't want to go there. Yeah. Right. So then 10th grade year was when it got kind of interesting for me because that's when I met one of my best friends to this date, Jalen Rose. So, how did you meet Jalen? Well, we was catching Livinois bus together. <laughs> So he would already be on the bus because he'd catch the bus from Six Mile Living Noise. Yeah. And uh I would catch it from Grand River Living Noise. And we'd just sit there, man. And to this day, he still shouts it out. He'd be like, hey, this is my brother. We used to catch Living Noise bus school. And he used to always wear this, this dirty ass <laughs> Philadelphia 76er starter jacket. Yeah. And he used to always wear it back in those days. You know, we didn't have Beats by Dre's. We had like Walkmans. Yeah. Right, right. And then when that first Walkman, that arm, that arm broke in that Walkman, yeah. you, 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 oh, you would black sick. tape that shit yeah. or rubber band that shit up. Yeah. So every day I would hear this motherfucker sing I Shot the Sheriff by EPMD because yeah. that was his favorite song. And then, you know, he just took off his headphones one day just in true Jalen arrogance. He's like, yo, you know I'm going to the NBA one day, right? And I'm like, yeah, man, whatever. I'm just trying to get to fucking school yeah. and knock this shit out. So, you know, after a while we just started conversating more and more and more and then... Back in those days, you know, like ninth and tenth grade people had classes together. Yeah. yeah. So we had fucking Spanish together. <laughs> Again, <laughs> back so to yeah, back, shit, back yeah. to the yeah, back to that shit. And so we both didn't know what the fuck was going on. So we were just sitting in the back, just talking. And me, every day I always read the newspaper front and back, whatever it was, especially a sports page. Yeah. So he would always be like, Dog, make sure you bring a paper tomorrow so I can read the sports section. But he wasn't Jalen Rose. Like how he is right, right, right. after he graduated Southwestern. So he was just, you know, cool kid, lanky kid and all that. And we just became cool and the best of friends and all that shit. And I know that's real because I was somewhere and I seen Jalen Rose and people was talking to him. And when I hit it, shook his hand, I'm like, yo, Ty Mopkins like my brother. And he stopped and he was like, you a good person then. So right. people was like, what did you say to him? Like, it right. always be right. shit like the that. Right. Yeah, I'm not right. just like, you good, bro, that you, wherever we at, that's yeah. like my brother too. And I know that's yeah. your people. Because that's the one thing I can say about him. Him and a couple other guys, you know, that played in the NBA, that went to Southwest, and Howard Isley, Boshan Leonard, and, he, and even Jerome Bettis that went to McKenzie. We all grew up in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Those guys never changed up. Right. Yeah. And so they always been real. When I was at one of the lowest points of my life, Jay Rose was one of the first person to be like, huh, let me get you back on your feet. Yeah. And I'd be like, dog, you know, I'm going to pay you back. He was like, man, what the fuck? get the fuck out of here. Now, speaking about that neighborhood, another person that I know from that neighborhood, and this ended up being my motherfucking dog. Is uh Rob, you feel what I'm saying? <laughs> but you and Rob, like y'all both like fresh when it comes right. to getting right. the city on the map because right. I know Rob, the first person who ever brought those Jeff Hamilton jackets to the yep. city, and I know you the first right. person that brought uh Mitchell and Ness right. jackets to the city. So kind of talk right. about like y'all growing up because when did you discover you could dress? Because Rob would tell me he discovered he could dress in ninth grade. He had a locker partner who ended up being like a big nigga in the city, I tell y'all, off yeah, the air. Yeah. And he said he used to tell him what to get because yep. he had the money yep. back then. And then he said one day he just quit going to school because Rob ended up going to Chassis because he mm -hmm. could play baseball. So they neither one of y'all went to McKenzie and mm -hmm. shit. But he said he knew he was fresh in the ninth grade when he was wearing the shit 
that the niggas who were selling dope could wear. He ain't right. never sold dope. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So when did you do, when did y'all discover y'all new like that y'all new clothing? Well, in, in that neighborhood, like I said, the funny thing is like like Rob grew up right across the alley from me. Yeah. So if people not familiar with Detroit back in the day, we used to have alleys. Yeah, and people used to play in the alleys. So we used to have like fucking milk milk crate basketball rooms that we built or, you know, just certain shit that we did, whether it was shooting dice or whatever it was, we had fucking alleys that we used to hang out in. So, and we had dumpsters in there too. So whenever I would go take out the trash, I was always see Rob. We were taking out the trash at the same time. But we always, like I said, I've been knowing Rob since shit. Uh, I was like eight or nine years old now. Right, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. He always been the same talkative guy with Rob. <laughs> it takes like, 20 minutes to get him on yeah. the phone when he say just one more thing. Yeah, well, That's my nigga though. <laughs> Rob is dog, my nigga. You feel what I'm saying? If you talk to Rob, like if y'all did a podcast with Rob, <laughs> y'all have enough shit to talk about for at least two years. Easy. Because he'll hold on. Wait, wait. Don't, 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 don't stop the tape yet. Hold on. Yeah. Let me say this. Yeah. So like I said, over there on the lawn streets, when I mean lawn streets, Green Lawn, North Lawn, Clover Lawn, Rose Lawn. It was always like a fashion show because, like I said, we had a lot of them YBI motherfuckers right, that was right. in our neighborhood, and that was a sign of success for us, seeing those guys dress, whether it was the cold-ass silk shirts to match the color Levi's, snakeskin belts, top 10 form, Concord, decade, just, just anything you can imagine. When they wore it, those was like the first tastemakers and the first role models for us. Right, yeah. right So right. it's like we used to always go up to this store called Juno's and Sonny's right there on Grammar Oakman. And they would have all the latest shit. So it'd be like a competition on the blocks. Because after a while, we stopped playing football and basketball and baseball. And we started balling. We, we started, yeah, for real. <laughs> we started hustling. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, and people just started getting fresh and going out and all that stuff. So me and Rob would always, like, have this competition. And it always be like, who was the freshest block? So, of course, Roseline always won because yeah. <laughs> we was heavily influenced by, you know, all of the YBI guys. So, uh Rob went away for school, not not to jail. He went away for school and did some other things and all that. And then we caught up with him one day, and he was like, he was working at this store called Strictly Sportswear. Yeah. And so that was on Seven Mile and Archdale. So that was one of the places where uh, you always went, especially when you got on, got yeah. on, on. Cause that was like a symbol, as he says, being able to shop there. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was so funny because when, when I started working there, too, it was like people would be just so happy just to come buy some socks to get that fucking that get that fucking bag. topaz pink and green lime fucking strictly sportswear bag just to walk around the city with that bag. Yeah. So it was like guys would come in there just to buy a fucking pair of five dollar socks. Yeah. Get but, that bag. And right, go back. right, right, right. Because we had little small sock bags. Like, no, man, I want the big bag, the big bag, <laughs> so they could walk up and down seven mile with a bag to yeah. make it seem like you know they really spent some money. But yeah, man, I think. Uh, well, I don't think I know that. You know, strictly sports were really set the fire for me. You know, that's why I always got a soft spot in my heart for them. That's why every every interview I do, regardless if it was here, the Breakfast Club, whatever it was, I always made sure I shouted out strictly sportswear. Right. Because that's where I got my part at. That's where I got my start at with uh the late great Dorothy Hamlin. Like she was she was really before her time because yeah. she really cared about this city. And she didn't she didn't sugarcoat any shit. She told you how it was. Right. And how it was gonna be. Yeah. Nah, so you go from playing in a band. Yeah. Obviously you got disappointed, didn't go where you wanted to go. Right. Then you hook up with the twelve tech mob. Yep. How did that come about? Well, that was time where I thought I was gonna be a rapper. So yeah. that was me when I was working at Strictly Sportswear again. Uh Strictly Sportswear had this little mini booth inside of this liquor store called the Omni, right there on Seven Mile by the Lodge. And they had like little pro shops in there that sold like hats, t shirts. 
and all that stuff. So my man DJ Lynn Swine and Daddy Riff had this little mixtape booth right across from there. Right. And I would always see them scratch live and all that stuff. By this time, you know, I was writing little raps and all that. I thought I was going to rap and all that shit. So, you know, we, I just got cool with Lynn Swine, Daddy Riff, DJ Dez, Shotgun, all them guys, you yeah. know. And uh, shit, we just started hanging out. And then they was like, so you rap? And I was like, yeah, you see me over there writing and all that stuff. They was like, yeah, well, let's let's put some pen to pad. And Lynn Swine was the first person to take me to his little studio, which was his basement. Yeah. yeah. And it was always cold in there. So it's <laughs> like cold. So we just call it like Swan's nickname growing up was Beaver. Yeah. So he would always call it Beaver's Freezer. Yeah. yeah. So we would be in there just recording all that. And then Riff would come in and do like the little cuts. Like Riff had a real Daddy Riff had a real soulful soul. Yeah. Because his dad used to sing in groups back in the day too. So Riff had these soul music anywhere from the enchantments, the dramatics. Anybody you can imagine, like he would always sample these soul beats that would just bring it out of you, like old sixties and seventies heron type listening to music type shit. Yeah. Right, right. So Riff Riff was that type of producer. Swan was just a straight West Coast uh producer. You know, he used to do shit with Poncho and B Def. Yeah. You know, Swan was more of the the hardcore. Yeah, yeah, the hip the the, the early hip hop. This is what yeah. So so if I had to label them, like Swan was was West Coast. Riff was East Coast, and Dez was just on his own little planet. Like, 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 man, that that's somebody y'all need to talk to too. Y'all need to get DJ Dez up here. Put it together. That guy, no, I got you. I got yeah. you. Like that guy is a musical genius, just from yeah. his Cuban heritage. He played congos, bongos, anything, and then still went on to to becoming one of the founding members of of uh, uh, Slum Village. And you know, like fucking Dez. Resume is impeccable all around the world. Yeah. So when you was rapping and shit, what was your rap name? I know, but <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like when I used to rap on Rose Line, I used to be they, they used to call me like rapping Roni. <laughs> so, you know, so, but then one guy was like, "Man, fuck that, man, fuck that, man. Are you like a big ass schoolyard bully, man? You got to bully that shit." They was like, that's it, that's it, that's your new name. Your name gonna be Schoolyard Bully. Yeah. And I was like, man, no. Then I started calling myself Schoolyard Bully. Yeah. And then went over to Swine House, went over to Beaver's Freezer, and recorded twelve thousand block of Roseline. Yeah. So yeah. rapping Rony, rapping Rony. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. nickname was Big Ron, Big yeah. Rony, <laughs> Big Rony. So, so when you decided that rap wasn't gonna work for you, what did you get into? Like, cause you you come from the elements. You 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 lived like all the lives that somebody from Detroit would live. And what yeah. I mean by that is. You 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 uh you did the school thing, right? You did the rap thing, right? You from where you from around that way, so right. you obviously did the street thing. Right. But when you was right. doing that, did you always have a vision of something that you wanted to do besides the streets? Like when did when did you realize that you wanted to open your own store? Basically, when I probably when 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 you know when I went and uh joined over there at uh, Strictly Sportswear because the way I got on at Strictly Sportswear was at the time my uh my first marriage. My my wife, which is my oldest son's mother, TJ, her sister was dating and engaged to the son of Strictly Sportswear. Oh, okay. And yeah. so he would always see me high dress and all that stuff because I never thought I was gonna work in the clothing store. I never thought that. Right. Because, you know, I like I'm a hustle until I, I do something. I don't know what it is. Right. Because now we're talking about what are you talking about? 92, 93. Right, this is, this is, and this is when real like this is your era of right. the real money. So right, you like right. Right, right. How the fuck I'm gonna do something right. else? And when when, when, when I'm fucking bringing right in ten thousand dollars a day or this and that and just you know I'm like, 
you know, I'm, I'm not even thinking about rapping no more with that because people thought if you think Detroit rap politics is heavy now. Oh, back then. Back in those days, it was like if you wasn't a part of this little click crew, like yeah, yeah. four people deep and they wouldn't even get no radio play. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, man, I'm out. Let me let me just, you know, and I became better friends with people from the radio station. When I once I start once I stopped rapping than when I was rapping yeah. right. because I had to look at it from their point of view like man now you don't oh, need a favor now I don't need a favor <laughs> yeah dude that's but, crazy I didn't know that's how you worked at Strictly because that's how I started working when I started working at Puffer mm-hmm. I was going to buy a coat right. and my wife uh, first cousin was the manager and she right. just was like hey you would you work in Wayne and I was right. like I'm from the town hell yeah she was like right. all right uh, I'm gonna fax your application she forgot to fax that shit this nigga seen on like one of them jobs I was like man they right. said they was hiring at that store I just went up there and Brett hired me like shout out to Brett he hired me I'm the best hire Brett ever had and this is why I say that right I believe that because too. I, I brung you. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Eric hired you, mm-hmm. so Britt didn't even hire you. Right. I'm the right. best hire Britt ever had, and I lasted the longest. And <laughs> I'm the fucking reigning MVP of Jet Shoes. That shit go. He got the title, oh, oh, bro. Listen, bro. Dog. I said of Jet Shoes. Okay, I said okay, Jet okay, Shoes. Okay, 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 that okay, one okay. day nobody has ever done more than I did, bro. And then I, I come in and Ty got me fired, man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. you know what though? In real life, in retrospect, what really happened though with that, I think, is because. I was like really coming in a power down there. At, and they knew that they could right. move so me like up. You, yeah. And then they was like, if you running it down there and I'm running it down there, essentially we run the company. Right. And he just wasn't going to have that because the type of nigga he is. That's not a good or bad thing. You feel what no, I'm I, saying? Yeah, I get it. I get yeah. it. But it was just my time to go because after yeah. that, I, yeah. I did my thing yeah, and I'm man, still doing he, my thing. He came in what he's supposed to do. He got yeah. people fired. He came. Yeah. Hey, bot, man. People. <laughs> hey, nigga, it, it's not my fault that I'm like, Batting a thousand and other niggas I'm strike just, it out, I'm man. Just looking, it was like, yeah, you know, we fired old boy. Old boy quit. Old the boy tapped out. And I'm like, hey, but you know what? I still talk to Ryan, who used to work there. The yep. young cat, he doing, yep. he writing books. He trying to get into an apprenticeship program yep. with some with some books. I'ma have him on. Like, I met a lot of good people yeah. working there because anytime I work with somebody and anybody who ever worked with me who I actually talk to can attest to this. Right. When I meet you, I say, hey, man, what else you do? How can I help you? That's mm-hmm. how I introduce myself. Mm-hmm. How can I help you? How can we work together? And people don't really right. know that. Like, like right. they be like, I don't want nothing from you. If right. I could take you to the next level, and since we talking about next level shit, let's talk about them top tens, that forty year anniversary, and what that meant to you. Right. So, so, but before we touch that, I want I want to go back a little bit about you know about how did I know that I wanted to get into the clothing business and yeah. all that stuff. So, you know, I I will always go to you know strictly sportswear because they had a the little shop. Right there on Grand River and Southfield. So they would be the first in the city getting all the fly shit like the Deodora, Sergio Tashini, Van Grack and all that stuff. So I would always shop in there. And it just so happens that, you know, like I said before, my son's mother and her sister, where well, her sister was dating the uh, son of Strictly Sportswear. So he would see me and, and then his name is Calvin Hamlin. So he would see me like, man, you man, you be dressing fresh, man. How, how you put all that together, man? And, you know, we got this store and I don't even be thinking about it. I'm like, what's, you know, store, so what, Strictly? He was like, yeah. He was like, man, you need to come up there and just work, man. Just be around that shit. And I'm like, man, how much y'all paying? <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. when, when they tell me how much they was paying and what I was getting, I was like, man, you crazy. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But then people around me started going to jail. Started dying, and then that when the heavy phase of really people started snitching on people yeah, yeah. came about, like in the mid nineties. And I said, you know what? But, well, you know what? I'm gonna go on and get this clothing thing a try. Let me just see. So he taught me everything I knew to get started in the beginning, like you know how to talk to a customer and how to do things like that. Actually, all all I did was 
took what I learned from the street and just yeah. put it into retail. Right. Because dope shit is dope, dope shit, whether it's, it's clothes or dope. Yeah, like my nigga say, there ain't no pretty ass clothes, go sit, and ain't no pretty hoe I can't hit. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Who say that? My nigga Rob, because yeah. he said if the clothes pretty, you can <laughs> yeah. wear them and you can hit the pretty hoes. But that's that's why we fuck with each other, though, because he said the first day he heard me talk, he like, you got such a street element that mm-hmm. the customer has to fuck with you. Exactly. He said it ain't, they not even going to feel right fucking with a nigga who trying to explain what the shoe do when they hear you talk and right, he like right, nigga right. you look like you should work at Strictly's right. but I'm like I'm from the town they don't pay enough because <laughs> you know yeah, so. they wasn't getting commission and I ain't know that right. you feel what I'm saying they was getting perks though Yo, yeah we got yeah it, it was yeah, a lot yeah. of perks I can imagine you. working in there though so we go from Strictly's and right. then you went to another company that had a store in the mall and I well in between there at the Strictly like like when I did I, I, I put in like I said did like I went to jail but no, no I, <laughs> but uh I was there for about four years. Yeah. By this time, I'm going to all the shows. And now, now I'm a buyer. Yeah. So now I'm going to all these shows. I'm making all these connections. I become friends with Carl Kanai, Maurice Malone, like everybody you can imagine in that era, Damon John, FUBU, and all that stuff, because they was just getting started. Yeah. And the way they would get into their stores is they would have to hunt you down. So I'd be at Magic, and it ain't enough for Carl Kanai to come run. Actually, the first time I met Carl Kanai was in New York at a show called the Javits Center. Yeah. So... He would run me down. Oh, you from Detroit, man? Oh, man, I got to get my stuff in there, you know, talking fast like how he always talk fast and things like that. So once I built up my resume of being like one of the top buyers, you know, for years, and, and this is something that Rob can attest to, too. It's like we used to beg them like, yo, open up more stores. Like, listen, we need to go to Fairlane. We need to do this. We need to yeah, do that. Yeah, that's his biggest. Yeah. That, that's actually his biggest gripe. And yeah. that's well known. Like, yeah. listen, like we bubbling. Yeah. We need to expand yeah. you feel what i'm saying like not just highland park because it was one at highland yep. park but he like go to Fairlane, go out here go mm-hmm. out here because some of these people just don't want to come to the city but they want to shop with you right. right you feel what i'm saying and, and 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 this is no disrespect even if it's disrespect i don't care <laughs> i mean i'm just being real it's like our fuck up at strictly if it wasn't for us fucking up not opening up locations our sign never would exist that's true four men never really would exist like right. how they did they had man oh man but they banked her up and, and folded so many times that they went to Fairlane. The spot we wanted at Fairlane for men opened it up there. Yeah, because so, Rob met, he said him and Mama, yeah, that's what they yeah, call her, met yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, for, at Fairlane yeah. and shit. And he said he just didn't understand. Like, yeah. I mean, but some people, it's just like a nigga with the sack. He's like, bro, I'm doing this right here. Why right. do I got to, I'm comfortable here. I, I I know this is my life. I know what I, if I, I know every week, I know, I, I, I see why people don't expand, but mm-hmm. it's just not somebody. They whole vision was probably just to open a store in this neighborhood. Well, that's true as well, too. But mama really wanted to do it. And 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 like I said, I'm, I'm not talking about nobody. It is what it is. But some people was just so, so con- content on having with the words, my shit. This me. Right, this right. my shit. So it's like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. This is your shit. Right. And you do and you do make the right, decisions. Right. And you, so <laughs> right. and and it's to the point where I've gone as high as I can go here. Yeah. I'm not family, so I'm not going to inherit anything. Right. So I said, you know what? I went and talked to mama, and God bless her soul. She was like, baby, I can't hold you back no more because you're really wasting your time here. Go do what you got to do, and if it don't work out, you know you can always come back. And yeah. that's real. And, that, and that's the real shit she ever told me. She said, if you need anything, she said, do you really got everything you need? Right. Because if you don't, let me know. And this comes from her mouth. Yeah. Now, other people didn't accept it. 
So it's just like, well, at the time, they was like, oh, well, no, nah, he the enemy now. And I'm like, well, okay, if you feel that way, then then let's right. go. Yeah, like, so I started with my friends that was doing radio. So it's like I, 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 I aligned myself with people that was already in different types of entertainment. Yeah. So I knew that at that time, we didn't have social media. You Word of mouth was flyers or radio. Yeah. So I teamed up with my man who was doing radio, and he was selling advertising through the radio. So he would know when it was time to buy the right ads and this and that and get them for cheap and get yeah, things right. going and all that stuff, or when the hottest parties was coming out so we can tag on and do that. And that's when I created Hip Hop University. Yeah, yeah right, so, right. You know, and then... Uh, now, where was that located at? Um, well, the, uh, shit, the first one was in Pontiac. Because <laughs> he came with this idea... Man, it's too much going on in Detroit, man. I don't want to, let's not be in competition in there. Let's open up somewhere where nobody really knows like what so, the fuck so, is going on. So some unmarked territory. Exactly. And it was a reason why it was unmarked and nobody wanted to go there. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so at the time, you know, we still was doing our little thing. So we had, I still was working, but I still was doing other shit. So I had money saved up and stacked and all that. So it was like, all right, fuck it, let's do it. So we, we got this spot in Pontiac. Right there on Huron Street, right down from back in the day, used to be called Clutch Cargos. I don't know if people yeah, familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, man, I I don't think we had a customer. I don't, I don't even think we still had a customer. <laughs> Fucking, that was the worst shit Ghost we out. ever could have done, man. We lost so much money in there because we was buying inventory. Yeah. So this was like '99. So I remember. Spring of 2000, we was like, dog, we got to go. We fucking up people's credit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we had investors doing other shit, too. So yeah. it was like, you know, we we, we, we got to get the fuck on. We got to go back home. Yeah. So then we knew this one guy. His dad uh, had a lot of fucking strip malls yeah. in the city of Detroit. His name is Rodney Carson. So his dad, and it was black owned. So I was like, perfect. This is how it is. This is how we going to run. This is how we going to do this shit. Yeah. And he said, man, I got one from where you grew up at, right there on uh, Living Noise in Oakman. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, okay, if this is what it got to be, it got to be. Yeah. So then we started getting, you know, all the hot shit, the Mitchell Ness account. Back in those days, it was Rockaware, Fat Farm, and Nietzsche, yeah. all the streetwear shit. So we opened up there, uh, did a big ass radio thing. The first thing we did there was, this was back in the day when, when Bow Wow was like untouchable. Yeah. So he did a concert here. So we finagled away to get Bow Wow to come do an in-store to promote the concert. <laughs> yeah. Right. In that parking lot right there. So him, Lil Romeo was opening up for him. So we had Bow Wow and Lil Romeo there, Lisa Ray. So we had all this shit going on. In and that parking lot. In that parking lot. That was the best, worst thing that ever happened to us because it brought the raw type of tension. Man, they broke down doors, news out there. You know, back in those days when the news come to your shit and talk about you, it's over. It's a wrap. Yeah. You know, it ain't like now where you can defend yourself yeah. and be like, no, no, this ain't how it happened. Once the news go, I can't get on social media to defend myself. It was the news story and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I ain't going up there. Fuck that. It's dangerous up there. <laughs> so now we banging again and then now we getting broken into. So. Man, insurance going crazy. The worst thing. As a business owner, I don't give a fuck what you got. I don't give a fuck if you got a shop selling rubber bands. Yeah. Whatever. When that fucking phone ring at 3.30 in the morning. You know what it is. You know what it's about. And so we used to just be paranoid as hell. Then the cop even told us, was like, you know, the most break-ins happen between 3.30 to 5.30 because that's when we're doing the shift change. Not a lot of cars 
I'm like, why the fuck are y'all giving out this fucking information? <laughs> yeah. So now it's just like if a motherfucker know, like, like, like you just told me, now right, I know. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. how about if I wanted to go bring it? I know three thirty to five thirty. Y'all off the they off the fucking grid. It's one car for a whole zip code or whatever it was. Yeah. How they patrol? So man, I with, with hip hop university, man. I'll be honest with you, like. We really didn't make we 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 made no money there. We was fucking just catching up. The name was worth more than what we actually brought in yeah. because, like I said before, either you do radio or you did street team. And so we had a real great guy, man. Y'all know Rock. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was a renegade in these fucking streets with the fucking street fucking team. Hey, so hey, yeah, yeah, he put the street team. Hey, he he he, he gets you popping. Member, yeah, 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 he gets you popping. So. Rock is original member of Hand to Hand. Yeah. yeah. So Rock would be at all the parties, all the events, all the malls, just making sure he got your shit out. So, like I said, our name was worth more than we actually ever fucking brought in at Hip Hop University. funny thing about Hip Hop University, right? So, um, it's like 2000 because we just fresh into college and I meet this young lady, Cole. She was Cole, boy. And uh, she was like, oh. You know who I'm talking about. No, I know. If listen to the story. Um, she used to work story. for Hip Hop University and she used to always tell me that we bought they opening up a store on the west side, blah, blah, blah. Light skinned young lady, man. I don't want to say her name on the air. Do do, do it begin with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It begins with the letter. Yeah, yeah. E. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I met her at college and um she was okay. like on some okay. Earthy yeah, poetry yeah, type okay, of shit, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And she kept telling me like, "Oh, I gotta introduce you to the guy who yeah. ran it. I got This is 2000, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then one day she just disappeared, but the store had opened up, and I always she, she pulled a fucking Dave Chappelle. Yeah, she just disappeared <laughs> no, one day. Yeah, exactly. But, but before that, like, so then I used to hear the name so mm-hmm. much, and mm-hmm. then when I met you, and you was like, "Yeah, I used to run Hip Hop University." Yeah. I'm like. Such and such put me up on that. Yeah, and, now I remember. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then think about this, yeah. right? And then when we uh, yeah. first met and we got to talking and you got to talking about uh, the 12 Tech Mob and I'm like, yeah. hold on, listen to this. Lynn Swan did this for us. Mm-hmm. So we was like bumping into the a lot of the same people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we knew you just never was a hater even though you got me fired. Like, But man, you, you know, guy, I ain't taking it personal. No, yeah. listen. <laughs> with the person you was talking about, we, she came with me like, it was kind of like, I'm not going to say like how the movie How High was, yeah. but he was like, fuck you, fuck you, you cool, <laughs> yeah. who's leaving with me? Yeah. So when I left Strictly, she left Strictly with me because <laughs> oh, she knew Yeah, because that. that's what yeah. she told me. Yeah. She was like, we used to work at the other yeah. place together. Yeah. She was like, you got to meet her. Because at this time, yeah. we was rapping and I was talking to her about music man, and all that. she was so deep, man. Yeah, she, yeah. she was... She was she she was before her time as well. She too. was on some like yep. Baduisms, like yep. way she was all she was telling me about shea butter and yep. all of that shit. <laughs> and this is two thousand. I mean, she a was beautiful yeah. young lady, she just a dope. whole beautiful spirit. I, yep. I I always wonder what happened to her because one I day she just stopped coming to school she and just disappeared, bro. But like I never thought nothing bad happened no, to her no, though. No. I just knew like I wouldn't be surprised if she like in Africa helping kids and shit like straight up. Bro. That would seem like her, because, I mean, I see her sister on Instagram. So and so, every every so often she posts a picture of her. So I know nothing happened to her. Right. It's just that some people just when 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 you get right within, you just fall off the grid. And, right, and, and right. you're happy with that shit. Yeah, because yeah. that 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 other shit don't make you. No. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Don't right. make you happy. So you go from Hip Hop University, mm-hmm. then you go to another store. Uh, but let's talk about how you actually built up the company you're working for now. Okay. Because they were known for one thing, mm-hmm. and then now they're known because Ty Mopkins worked there. Right. Like, so let's talk about how that even came into play. Like, When did you know that you was about to transition to that company? Well, you know, just like uh, all of us got something in common where we was at. Yeah. And we know that... You know, and once again, that's a, that's the luxury of owning something. Yeah. Right. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do when you want to do it. You can move how you want to move. 
But when you got people underneath you that you need to branch out and blossom them and explore them, if you don't do it, you got to find ways of doing it yourself. Yeah. So during that time, I think I think AJ, you, you had already left. Yeah, I left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Shit, so I I left. I went to Villa. So Drake, I mean, so so AJ was cute, so he left first. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Villa, but I they wanted that nigga, but they wanted him to move to Philly. You feel yeah, what I'm saying? And yeah. he told him no, because I mean, it's my nigga. So I'm like, right. shit, I'm about to go over here and do my thing. Right. I'm about to talk you up, but right. you you know the proof is in the pudding. But I'm right. letting them know that shit, y'all see, that's my man. Right. And they just wanted him to move to Philly, and it wasn't happening. Yeah, you I wasn't feel ready said, for that. Turn that yeah, shit yeah. down, but you got to because we preserving what we know. Right. They right. don't even fucking wear top tens. They wouldn't even get it. You right. feel what I'm saying? So when Cube left. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I saw a cover. You know, That's why I went solo. You know, uh, me and uh, me and Yellow, which is great. <laughs> we still was over there, so you know. And uh, I got this phone call from from a guy who was a sales rep, uh, big name sales rep in the industry. You know, he he works for uh, I won't say what company. I say it's a hat company that yeah. everybody wears. And uh, he said, "Hey, man, you know, it's been a lot of talk about you in the industry." You know, I heard you turned down, you know, the Philadelphia thing. But if you want to stay local, I got a place that might can benefit you, that needs you. And you need them because they give you the growth and the access that you need to grow too. Right. And I'm like, okay, where? And he was like, Mr. Allen. And I started laughing. I said, what? <laughs> I was like, 29 or 2 for 50? Exactly. That's what they were known right. for. But, yeah. but once I got in there. And I started looking at books and numbers of what the fuck they used to do with 29 or 2 for 50. It was actually genius. Like, it was I will go back yeah. to that shit right now to yeah. start the money that they make. So, you know, that 29 to 50, he didn't have to deal with all the bullshit that we deal with now in this industry. Right. So I was like, man, let me, uh, I don't know, let me think about it. He said, well, I'm, I'm going to give the owner's son your number, which is Jacob Bishop. So at that time, he took over. The dad retired. He said, listen, man, I, I didn't have my run. I'm a 29 and 2 for 50. Y'all need right, another legacy. Right, right. <laughs> that 29 2 50 got me a fucking 10-bedroom mansion in Miami with a yacht right in the backyard. You know, and he said, I I'm there. Right. You need me, I'm there. So, you know, the owner's son, Jacob Bishop, started talking to me, started texting me. Hey, man, I, I really look at you as LeBron James of this industry. And this was this five years ago. Yeah. He said, man, I need you on the team because I feel like you can help me tell the vision that I'm trying to tell because I'm trying to escape the 29 2 for 50 thing. The stigma, yeah. Yeah. So actually, man, we 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 talked for almost a year. Because they take so fucking long, man. And yeah. that's that's just what it is. Yeah. I used to work at Mr. Yeah. Allen's and shit because my nigga brought yeah. me over there yeah. because I was the illest nigga in the city and shit. And uh, to be real, man, like... To be real, Eric had a fucking squad, man. And I just where some people me. came yep. through that door yep. ever at Puffer Reds that if he would have blossomed. blossomed and let them grow, their Puffer Reds, it we wouldn't even be discussing nobody going nowhere else. Well, you know what, though? That's... That's the second time it happened to them. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. You saw it coming, yeah. though. He yeah, but like, that, right, you yeah. knew what it was. Yeah. But like, when you think about who walked through that door, like Ro, he went on to do his store yeah. thing. Like yeah. everybody who yeah. left them and wanted to, to who still wanted who to still do wanted that. to do that just right. blew up. So right. you get the Mister Allen's, bro, and shit just changed drastically. And what I mean by that is, it's just you you forget that they were once. Twenty nine. You, you definitely have to be in a certain age right. range to, to even know. In the that. beginning, though, in the beginning, <laughs> yeah. first six months, that shit was tough. I was like, I, I quit three times. So at first, I was like, I done fucked up. Yeah. I'm what was the old girl name? Her son used to do the commercials. I tell you right now, I, I know exactly right who her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. when when I first got there, 
once again, the old regime was at Mr. Allen's, yeah. 29250. So they didn't understand me. They didn't understand what I did. So Jacob will always be like, listen, dog, do what you got to do. Do whatever you need to do. Just don't get me sued. I don't give a fuck what you do. Buy whatever you got to buy. Create what you got to create. Do what you got to do. Just don't get me sued. Right. And so at that time, I had free reign to do whatever the fuck I want. People couldn't understand it. No, they Come couldn't. Come and go as I came and please. It probably brought a lot of, I, well, I knew it brought it a lot did, of animosity. because when I got there, like, they ain't know this you was, was his man. guy. Oh, yeah. no, oh, no, no, I'm saying the niggas who didn't yeah. know that I was his man, yeah. I just let them talk. Be like, yeah, yeah, you know that's my man, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't like, no, it's exactly like that. We exactly play that. Right. You feel yeah, what I'm We just beat a nigga right. ass. Right. <laughs> Right. Right. We last time we was together, right. we, right. we was eight months off of this shit. So, <laughs> yeah. right. so, but like that brought like a lot of hate because the thing about that company is, even if you got five years in, you're right. still the new guy. Right. That's just what it is. It's, right. it's a nigga who thirty one who been there sixteen years. Yep. You, you understand what I'm saying? So even if you got five months in, and they yep. just don't five under years. yeah five years in, and they don't understand how it works yep. when niggas come in to make yo what you do better. You feel what I'm saying? They so, think you coming to take the spot. Well, I'm actually right. coming to grow. Because like the, right. the district manager, he a hating ass nigga because I could do my job better than him. But since he been there eighteen years, it's like. They go roll with that nigga. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, no, nah, man, like we here to make this shit flow smoother. I seen this like just like how he seen that before. Nigga, I seen his rodeo before. Mm-hmm. I when I started at Villa, nigga, mm-hmm. it was a store playing for 150 stores. It was only 37 stores. You feel what I'm saying? So I seen that shit go from 37 to 150 and still maintain the number one store in the company. I know what I'm doing. You feel right, what I'm saying? Right, right. Y'all you, niggas, you are good at that shit, though. I get, yeah, no, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Y'all right. niggas only you actually help me become score. a better team leader in my job because I'm like, you like, bro, but are you really a good team leader or right. are you just feeling yourself? Right. And I'm like, are you a really good supervisor? And he right. like, look at the niggas that I grew in, in this. Like, I hired him. I did this. And that actually made me go reevaluate what I was doing at work and I became a better team leader and they still like oh they don't understand like that's a conversation that me and my brother right. had like yeah. are you really good as you say you are and re- everybody ain't gonna say that to you so I, I appreciate that's you what's up, man. turning yeah. me into a better yeah. team leader man and my nigga yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying I got to though because some motherfuckers just like the title and other motherfuckers yeah. work for that shit yeah, exactly. like I don't give a fuck about none of that shit but when I look back and it's like dog I've been doing this shit and that's I what like I was saying to you yesterday that we put in the work regardless you know yeah. like that when we was talking about because we was talking about like a motherfucker book some time with us mm-hmm. want to come on the show and then cancel but we still put in that work for the research yep. we still put in that yep. work and i told him bro it's still us putting in the work it ain't yeah, exactly. we never not go put in the work and you put in some major work because exactly. uh we could talk about starter yep. we could we talk could about- actually talk you know when i was like my nigga doing his thing you had release dates for new era hats, and me and Rob would be on the phone like, "Bro, can you believe this? Yeah, this is like, tight market, like this right. nigga Ty got motherfuckers line. Like we can believe right. it, but can you, can they believe right. that this nigga got motherfuckers in line for a fucking hat because they want the box? Fuck the hat, they want, want the, the box, box yeah. my nigga. Yeah. Or or you open your starter jacket today, right. your starter jacket got my nigga name in right. it, and that's DJ Khaled. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's all these celebrities in, but that's motherfuckers grassroots in the city because before it touched any of them that shit got to make a difference here we from and that's why we had the word heritage and we was trying to explain to a nigga before like the heritage is bigger than the culture exactly because when we look back on this shit in 50 years and shit 
and we talking and the nigga walked past like nigga I was my grandma used to take me to the store cause mm-hmm. she wanted Joe Jack I done sell these shits to old ass women nigga mm-hmm. to kids who could wear a girl small you mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying and it's like damn like my, motherfuckers hit man fuck them Jordans when them shits was coming out yeah. niggas will offer you they girl my nigga if, but yeah, they but just wore two jackets yeah. right I'll take her come on but you know when I know that like it was bigger than life right. top 10 40 year anniversary Motown Museum. Talk yeah, about that. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, well, that that came about five years prior when we did the 35th anniversary thing when we still was all as Puffer Red. Yeah. No, I was gone by the end though. You was gone? Yeah, but we was at the thing. We was gone. I was gone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so that they seen what I did there. Cause with the 35th anniversary, they was like, man, we gotta make an impact in Detroit. And you know, and once again, the people we was with would did didn't think outside the box. Yeah. So I was like, "Listen, there's no way," and and this, this this is not even talking about Ipsy or nothing like that. It is what it is. When you think of top ten, you think Detroit. That's it's it, 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 it just is what it is. Yeah. And if it's not Detroit, it's, it's Flint. Well, no, no, it's Flint too. Yeah, because my man Breed shouted out top tens in his song and in the future you Yeah, he was like, "Wear top tens on my ass, use jeans." Yeah. So it was a Detroit Flint thing, and it became popular in Boston. When all them YBI guys started going, going to Boston, Boston when my man yeah. Pep and all them was going out there hustling in 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 the projects and things like that, and that's something that that's a beef that me and Michael Bivens from New Edition go through every day. But Benzino will attest to that. That's how yeah. he got yeah. there. Yeah. I think I heard yeah. him he say said that. it. He yeah. said it because yeah. he fuck with them city niggas hard. Yeah. So I was like, listen, other than top tens, Detroit is known for another thing too, which is Coney Islands. Yeah. I was like, so why don't we just take over one of the biggest Coney Islands in the city of Detroit, downtown Detroit? Uh, right there at American Coney Island. I got some riffle and some pullback from where we was at yeah. because they wanted to be in store. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't that, tell the real story. Store. This yeah. ain't what it is. So I was like, well, no, nah, man, I don't even want to do it then. If we can't do it the way I want to do it, I don't want to touch it. Adidas was like, no, we're going to do it that way with or without him. Yeah. They said that. So we ended up doing it and it, it became, man, it, it that was the first time that Regardless on how whoever think they did whatever for Detroit, as far as like sneaker community and all things like that, that was the first time that we got written up in sneaker news, uh, kicks page. on fires, Front all page. that, all that shit came here because they was like, "What the, the fuck? fuck is going on? Yeah, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is a Coney on? Island? Yeah, gay the boxes out. I just, I just looked at my box the other day. I still I got my, my t shirt. Yeah, yeah, I, I never got wore my, my shit. Yeah, I, I wore mine. I wear my shit. I be at work with my shit. I was like, "Oh, my nigga, put this together. I didn't even realize that that was five years ago. I gotta do this one time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, no. So, so, so that led up to last year. The conversation started coming back again. And it was like, yo, you know the 40th anniversary coming on. What you want to do for that? And I was like, uh, give me a second. Let me think. So I said, the way we got to do this shit is we got to tell the real story. We got to come up with some creative shit, some shit that's going to fuck people up again. Because yeah. at the end of the day, five years later, we're going against fucking reshoes. I mean, shoe resellers. Everything. Going up against fucking StockX. Going right. up it's against all these companies. Now. It's a different battle. So now it's really... The cool kids, the fucking, the fucking shoes with zippers on it, fucking, fucking Nike logos going different ways, the fucking off whites, the fucking fear of gods and things like that. That's running the show now. It is what it is. Yeah. So how, what can I do something to make the top ten go well? And 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 to this day, I truly believe the success of the top ten 40th anniversary piggy banked off of what I did with Starter. 
Because what I did was I created a buzz with the starter shit, whether it was Grant Hill wearing it with the shoes with Fila, whether Fabulous was wearing it next to the Beverly Hills cop sign in uh, Beverly Hills, DJ Khaled wearing on his albums, or just, just whoever it was, my name had bubbled from that, so it just trinkled on to the top 10. So I said, okay, well, we're going to tell the story the right way. Yeah. We going to talk YBI because yeah. at first they didn't want me to mention what it was. I was like, well, that's bullshit because- Because y'all know. Exactly. <laughs> y'all know. So don't be scared to tell who your consumer is or who yeah, it was. Yeah. And that's when it was like, well, you know, the culture. And that's when I told them, no, fuck culture. I'm talking about heritage. Right. It's a difference. These kids got culture. We come from heritage. So they was like, well, okay, well, we're going to send a- uh, you know, we're gonna send a marketing company in just to talk to you and just jot down ideas on how you want to create this shit. I said, okay, cool. And so I said, well, we're gonna talk about this. It just so happens that this year too was the 60th anniversary of Motown. Yeah. Right. And so I said, well, you know what? Let's do this event. We're gonna call it Soul Meets Soul, yeah. where the Soul S O S O L E, the Soul of the Top Ten meets the S O L of Detroit, which is Motown. And I said, okay, so what we're gonna do is do. If it's a 40th anniversary, we're just going to do 40, 40, 40 pairs of this limited-ass, dope-ass top 10, boxing and everything. Yeah. So I said, but what I want on the box is I want all of the street signs from the city of Detroit where the top 10 resonated at, yeah. re- re- whether it was from YBI, whether it was from whoever it was, Dexter Davidson, Grand River, Fort Street, uh, everywhere. I said, so what we got to do is this. We got to create a box. And on the inside of the box, I want it to look like the inside of the campaign hat that YBI used to always wear. And I want the band to wrap around the top tens to look like the band that oh, went around the 40th, went, went around the campaign hat. And so these guys, man, they did a great job. What well, uh, did they get it at right. first, though? Uh, yeah, because okay. because they was bland. All right. Okay, cool. They, 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 ain't, they ain't even have an opinion. They didn't have it. no opinion because they didn't know. They came in and said, listen, whatever you tell us to do. We're going to do it, and we're going to put our twist on it, and you tell us if it's cool or not. Because, okay. they, they, you know, it was... That, it was that's a, the perfect... That was perfect exactly, for you, though. Because yeah. it was from, they was from New York. Yeah. Right. It yeah. was a marketing company that they brought in from New York, and they was like, we're going to come in, we're going to do film work, we're going to do documentaries, you know, and they were like, this is your show. Tell the story. So I reached out to my man, Mac Nichols. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring... The, the new face of Detroit, which is like my man Stewie. Yeah. Regardless of, regardless of what that place is, New Detroit, he's the face of it. Right. And then I wanted to bring a female point of view to it, and it had to be LaBrittany. Right. Which y'all know, too. Y'all know LaBrittany well. Yeah. She's from, she from the turf. Well, we from the time, but angst running. run. That's all to say. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted her to be the face of it, too, for a woman's point of view. And then I wanted to step back. I just wanted to narrate the story. Right. Yeah. Of course, I could have did the whole thing, and but I, I didn't want to be that because it was a time for me to showcase people. Yeah. Right. So that's when I pulled my man Mac Nichols in because his dad is one of the founding members of YBI. Yeah. Right. So right. that gave it that authenticity right there. Yeah. So we did like little five-minute clips talking about the top ten, talking about what it means, and that shit just went viral and it just took off. I had people like Bun B reached out to me. I yeah. sent Bun B a pair. I sent my man DJ Clark Ken a pair. Yeah. They was like, yo, we just need a piece of hey, that Hey, you shit. gave us a pair, nigga. I got yeah. the box. I came to the crib. I ain't got to y'all yet. I'm about to get to y'all. <laughs> what, of course, I had to give my man who talked the most shit to me, Michael Bivens. He got a pair. Yeah. And of course, I had to give y'all a pair regardless. Fuck that. I had to make sure y'all had the pair before anybody had the pair too because fuck all this industry shit. 
I make sure my family type before anything. Yeah, right. And what's so crazy, like the nigga ain't tell me like the box was bamboo or whatever. Right, right, right. So right. I, I, I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, look, yeah, this nigga about the uh, it's a box coming right. and shit. She like, all right. She say she went to get the yep. shit. The shit was so heavy. The nigga at the the, the 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 UPS nigga was like, you want me to put that in there? She like, no, I got it because you can't come in my house, my G. Uh, but <laughs> I got to the crib and shit. I bust that shit open. I'm like, man, I, nigga, this shit right. fresh as hell. Right. Like, that, hey, that nigga called me. I'm like, he was like, dog, I ain't even sending you a picture. You gotta come. Come get your shit. Right. I go, I get my shit. I'm like, I'm thinking it's a box inside of a box. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, this shit is crazy. That was dope. And only man. 40 people got that. Yeah, and, yeah, and they was like, people. why did you make it so heavy? And the one guy caught on to it. He said, man, I picked that shit up, man. That shit was heavy as bricks. Yeah. And that's and what said, it said. That's what it was about. <laughs> yeah, that's what because it is. we used to put bricks, well, not we. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, okay, so, you know. <laughs> Bricks used to get put in boxes. Shoe boxes. Yeah, bricks, money, all that shit. But that shit was like, now motherfuckers really get it Like when it comes to this shit because like it's it's two cities in uh, America like I feel like dictate this shit. And it's Harlem and it's Detroit. And I feel like we got some, you know, they got motherfuckers, but we got motherfuckers too. And it's like we really put these companies on our back. You got to think, man, and this is real shit, right? Those Michelin Nest jackets wouldn't have survived if they didn't come through Detroit. Yep. That yeah. Jeff Hamilton, it wouldn't have survived. Nope. This nigga didn't have no place to send it. Listen, though. was built on the city. Yeah, yes, Rob didn't even have no place to send it. He said this nigga was just writing yep. invoices, and because he moved the first ones, yep. sending it. And this I know is true, because when I heard Jeff Hamilton talk, he said, I used to just send some people jackets with no store. And then when I talked to Rob, he like, mm-hmm. nigga, that's how it used to do me. Mm-hmm. This shit wouldn't have survived. These companies, like, you got to imagine like it's 20 million people in new york something shit always pop but when you come to a city it's the blackest city in america we used to have a million uh something thousand now but this where the shit pop and then niggas come and take it and go you know what bro you deserve a biopic and i got the perfect title (laughs) what from rose line with hustle i'm sj i'm aj i want for my brother what i want for myself